Hi, everybody. Hello, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Halloween. And Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. All Saints Day. Happy New Year. Uh, Michael Mass is coming. Oh, no, that's in April, I think. Happy Birthday. To all you people with birthdays. Yeah. We're, we're covering it all. And Happy Advanced Squad Leader. Yeah. We are the two happy half squads. I'm Dave. I'm Jeff. This is the one and only podcast dedicated. Yeah. It is. It, it's dedicated 100%. To the I greatest think game in the world. Yeah. Advanced Squad Leader. We've been your host for 10 years, and there's no sign of us stopping. 10 un- years. Unfortunately. <laughs> for, for them or us? Yeah. <laughs> for everybody involved. <laughs> no, but the uh, listeners have the luxury of being able to just stop listening or turn us off or fast forward, whereas we don't have that luxury. <laughs> we have to put up with each other. Yeah. It's November 24th. How was your Thanksgiving, Jeff? Well, it was very nice. Uh, my wife was in Bali. She went on a retreat in Bali, which is in Indonesia. For those of you who don't know where it is, go and look, on the map. look at it on the map. That was really something. Bali High. And uh, very good. And she, uh, it's been very interesting because she's 14 hours ahead. So we've been talking to each other on her on WhatsApp and staying in touch that way. And that's a long way from Chicago. It's a 15-hour flight. Talking to each other on what? WhatsApp. Yeah. The app for what's you need. Man, that hurt my ear. Um, 15-hour flight to wow. Seoul, Korea from Chicago. Nonstop flight. And then... Uh, Two-hour layover and then a six- or seven-hour flight to Ubud, Indonesia, and then a two-hour car ride to Bali. How about that? It's safe there? Yeah, very safe. Okay. Lots of, lots of, it's very safe. Yeah, very nice there. Yeah, she's never really, hear anything about it. Really. No, she's been really enjoying it. So she's coming home tomorrow, so that will be nice. I, wow. I, we'll have to, we've got to kind of keep these shows short because I need to start vacuuming. <laughs> probably a lot more than that. She's been gone for two weeks. So anyway, she was gone, so I went to visit my brother for Thanksgiving. He was uh, alone for various reasons, uh, and I hadn't been to his house. So I went to visit him, and it was we had a good time. We went out, and we went to the Leinenkugel Brewing Factory in Chickawa Falls, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. And uh, sampled some Leinenkugel and saw how they made that. That was fun. On Thanksgiving Day? Uh, we went the day after. Okay. Yeah. We didn't want to door bust anywhere. And like Black any Friday. Crazy shopping. Black Friday craziness. No, we didn't do any of that. Yeah, I went to Ohio, did the usual stuff, got to watch the Bears beat the Lions. Ah, I love baseball. <laughs> was that a good game? Was that on Thanksgiving Day? Uh, it was a close game, so it was too stressful for me. Ah, yeah. I like taping them nowadays and then finding out the score. And believe it or not, listeners watching it knowing they're going to win or lose and it's much less stressful i can just enjoy it that's a really good idea shouldn't shouldn't be that worried about it anyway but you know some people might look at that and say ah you're just old no it's that you're wise and you figured it out you figured out (laughs) a way to enjoy the sport without the stress yeah unless it's like a some people say well if it's a blowout game it's just boring but to me if the bears are blowing out a boner i'm quite happy watching that sure it's still guys doing amazing stuff. Yeah, even if they're up more than a you know field field goal. But but anyway, yeah, that was good. And you know, I had my surgery a month ago. You we did, had yes. Not recorded in that time. That's right. That's right. So, and I'm so glad that turned out well. Yeah. Congratulations. It was uh, interesting. I did tell you about it, right? With waking up, I would never quite went out. Well, I must have been out some, but. Um, I was amazed to hear that that you. Go through a surgery where they put stuff in your heart. They stick uh-huh. stick something in your leg. It goes up to your heart, uh-huh. and then they can make it stay in there. And you're awake during it, yeah. semi-conscious. Semi, and I could feel it going up there. And then when I was more awake than I thought I was supposed to be, I was trying to see the screen and see what the, the actual X-ray of what was going on or whatever it was. Yeah. And the nurse comes over. Are you okay? Do you need something? And I'm like. No, yeah, I'm fine. She goes, oh, okay. Just need to make sure you're comfortable. I said, oh, yeah. No pain? I said, no, no. No, I was just trying to see the screen there. <laughs> and then wow. when the doctor appeared on my left, and I said, 
what are you, exactly are you putting in there? Because I was worried about that fabric, right? That cheap fabric they that was put in for people's hernia stuff. Oh, right. They put it's in the wrong fabric. Yeah. Now, it, they, so you wanted to make sure he got the good stuff from Ace Hardware. Yeah, he looked at me startled, like, why is this guy talking to me when we're working on yeah. it? Yeah. He goes, oh, uh, no, it's a metal flexible mesh. I was like, oh, okay, good, good. <laughs> and then he disappeared. Yep. He came back at one point, I remember, I was, and I said, are you stitching it in? I don't feel any stitches in my heart. <laughs> now, yeah. at that point, I knew they weren't going to stitch it in. Yeah. But There'd be no way to do some reason, that. And then I kept checking my fingers and wiggling my toes. Okay, I'm still alive, you know, oh, and I haven't had a stroke yet, I don't think, because, you know, 5% chance of death or stroke. And yeah. Every once in a while, and I'm wiggling my toes again, and, okay, I'm still alive. Seems to be going well. Amazing. <laughs> so, That's uh, I, I had no idea that you were going to be that, that far awake. I like no. to be, when I have my little things done, I like to be under, like, Boom. Yeah, like my colonoscopy that was out like a light. Yeah, me too. Came to, you could have hardly convinced me they actually did anything. I was like, what? No way. Yeah. It's over. What? Yeah. <laughs> when? Yeah. No, that's, I was quite awake. Came out and told Laura. Everyone, yeah, your husband was very chatty. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, we, we should pause for a moment and thank the... Great staff at Rush University Medical Center in Chicago mm-hmm. for taking good care of Dave. Good and, for you. And the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Oh, sorry, he doesn't right. need the bell. He doesn't need the bell. But... <laughs> no, that's a good hospital to go to. Dave. Yeah, oh yeah. Before we signed the consent, when he was saying 5% chance of death or stroke. Remember, he then he yeah. goes, well, at this hospital, you can see us hesitating, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> that's only like 1.5% here at this hospital. Yeah, you've got, yes, right. I have to tell you it's nationwide statistic. Right. And those statistics can be really misleading one way or the other, you know. Laura was like, it's usually elderly people that have a problem, right? right? Yeah, (laughs) right. So. Well, I'm just looking here on the Rush uh, University Hospital website, and they have 390 Google reviews, um, but only, like, they're all two stars (laughs) out of five, so. (laughs) I'm glad you got you, you must have caught him on a good day. Yeah. How'd you decorate for the holidays, for Christmas? No, well, I don't. I might be. I, I haven't decided yet if we're going to be doing that. You and Robbie are not as much into that, right? No, we don't do much decoration. Yeah. Because, I don't even, know. Even Halloween year, or nothing. Yeah, really. Yeah. Not not too much. We used to do a lot of that. But we have so much stuff anyway out. That yes, we don't, very decorative. You yeah. Know, with the Buddha and the, yeah, there's nice, all, the cool, all the nice... I like... I noticed your bird feeder over my car when I got out. Is that a new one? A brass one right in the driveway? Oh, yeah. Is that a one that ejects the squirrels? Yes. They spin around. And And is it just a... Is there an actual spinning device in the bottom? Or is it just the fact that it's circular and has a bar on the bottom? I I, I think that if I'm... If I'm thinking of the right one, it's just it's circular and has the bar on the bottom. I just bought that... Like, like not knowing that was a good anti-squirrel one. Mm. And Adam looked up, because Brunskill told me about the squirrel ejecting yeah. something, and yeah. I thought it was a, tr- a spring trap. And they step it on the ground when they come near, and it propels yeah. them in. Uh, that's what I thought he Which meant. would be much better. Much it more sounds, humorous. It sounds it a, little, a little cool. And it gives you that sound effect. That's what I was thinking. So then I was just talking to Adam this vacation and this thanksgiving and he looked it up because we were telling stories about those squirrels we told i think we did cover this on a previous banter remember my crazy squirrels out there oh yeah and uh he showed a video no it's a spinning the squirrels hanging on with his arms yeah and i said well i bought one kind of like that but i thought it was a rotating bottom oh but i think you're right i think it's just the fact that if you grab this it's on a string. You're, it's going to be yeah. rotating around. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll see. Physics. I put it back up after three, four weeks with no bird feeder. I put it up yesterday when I winterized my backyard. Yeah, grab some video of that. Yeah, winterizing the yard. I did some of that today. Yeah, Got the rest away. of the chairs and stuff. We have so much stuff, though. It doesn't fit in the garage anymore. You have two garages. It doesn't fit in either one. 
Well, one of them, I can't get the door open. <laughs> what is that one? The, That's the one I want to fix, right? Yeah, because the concrete is all cattywampus underneath it. Oh, so it would be a lot of work. Yeah. So uh, I just stacked all that stuff up today because we had our first winter storm warning here in Chicago. A little too early for in the in the season for my liking. But yeah, they think it might get worse go. overnight. We'll see. Yeah. It so far, it's just wet. I'm worried about. I'm worried about um, her flight coming in. Oh, she'll be fine. They're, yeah, they canceled a ton. They canceled. It. There's a. She won't be until Tuesday morning. Yeah, she should be okay. Yeah. Yeah. They better yeah. not. So, and um, I just wanted to mention that uh, my brother and I watched Bridge on the River Kwai, which is what, uh, which is on a, going to be featured on an upcoming coming Spine and Sprocket podcast. Yes, it is. So if anybody uh, will tell you now, if you're, if you want to join us for that show and you want to watch and maybe read the book in advance, we invite you to do so. So I watched that. Yeah, because I finished this First World War book. It's 500 pages in time to teach it at school again. I always said I'd reread this as I taught World War that, One. That's a big one. It's a big one. And I finished it on Thanksgiving break, and I was going to start Kwai, but I didn't yet, but I'm ready to do it. It's a short book. It's a short book. Yeah, Kwai. quick read. And then you have the good. DVD? I got it from our local library. library. Oh, yeah, I will check my library. Now, I'm going to ask you, uh, at the end of the movie, when Alec, uh, and you've seen the movie before. Yeah, when I was young. Do you remember Alec Guinness's final words? No, but I, I remember the bridge and the bomb. And the... Yeah. Just pay attention to whatever the last line is, because my brother and I were watching it. Alec Guinness said his last line, the movie ended, and uh, Mark looked at me and he said, I always thought he said, da-da-da-da-da at the end. And oh. I said, that's what I thought. Okay. So we're remembering, like it got truncated. He said part of the line, but not the whole line. Okay. So please pay attention to that last line. Let me know what it is we'll on, on the copy you've got. Because we'll, they do that. They, It's annoying. You get a DVD and somebody's messed up the edit on it somehow. I don't even they, know how that happens. They do? They do. How? You get, you get weird edits. They cut stuff. You know, maybe it's a copy that somebody had done for Turner broadcast to put oh, on yeah, tv right, or something right. they needed to cut 60 seconds out of it so they could fit more commercials in so they cut out little bits here and there um but to cut the last line the last line is in there half of the last line is in there it's like to be or not to be that is the question okay. only all they put in was that is the question okay and so yeah pay attention to that and today i watched a movie Seven Days in May. Have you ever seen that one? No. I can't recommend it highly enough. 1964, uh, Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas. Kirk Douglas, the amazing Kirk Douglas. My name is, <clears throat> let's see, my name is Spartacus. Something like that. You can call me Spartacus. Um, but his name wasn't Spartacus. It's about an attempted military coup of the United States. And it's really good. It's a thriller. And okay. uh, directed by John Frankenheimer. It filmed in magnificent black and white. Great camera work. It's eye-popping. And an absolutely thrilling um, movie. Highly recommend it. Six days in May. Seven. Seven. Seven days in May. See, you're, you're, <laughs> you're watching the cut version. <laughs> nice. Excellent. So, well... We could probably get on to the main event. The main event is going to be, is that the drawing for Yanks, or is yes. that letters? Or is that the Korean War scenario? Well, why don't we do the... Drawing? No, let's do the letters first, because a lot of the letters relate to the drawing. Yes, let's and do the And then we'll do the drawing. First. Okay. So, we'll leave people hanging here a little bit longer. So you have some music for us there, and then I we do. have an actual physical letter for you, Jeff. Oh. It has come from Fairfield, California... The 2HS, care of Dave Kleinschmidt, contest department. Ah, from our old pal. Frequent contributor yes. of musical. Yes, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Dennis Donovan. And the letter reads, to whom it may concern, good afternoon, please find enclosed one official sugar tanks proof of purchase seal. 
This is for my entry into the official Two Half Squads Win a Copy of Yank's Second Edition Contest, which ends on November 15, 2018. I love your podcast show almost as much as I love my morning bowl of sugar tanks. Regards, Dennis Donovan. And this is a very beautiful thing. This is an actual proof of purchase from a box of Choco Camo, the 10-pound pack of sugar tanks. (laughs) P.S. Please note the neatly clipped corners on the official sugar tanks proof of purchase seal enclosed. Very nice. Very, nice, very, very nice indeed. From the Peta and from all those. Yeah. Is Thank you, Dennis. Is that Dennis doing that, or was that Aunt Morocco? We oh yeah, we, we had a few. Find out. Yeah. Very nice. Well, I'm glad people are eating their sugar tanks. It's it's gotten to be one of the most popular cereals that never was. I want to thank our Patreon supporter, our new yes. Patreon supporter, Brian B., a very generous her show donation. Thank job, you, Brian. Yeah, that we is very nice. Very, very grateful yeah. to you, sir. This one is from somebody named Anonymous. Anonymous? <laughs> Anonymous left us uh, a comment on our uh, episode 207 episode. Always really enjoy the podcasts, and especially you talking to a bunch of folks at the ASL Open. I'm sure yeah. that you've got a million guys that you want to interview, but one name that I see a lot is Nadir Alfara. I have no idea whether he's available or interested in talking to you guys, but I'd love to hear his take on ASL and about his history. He's done a lot of ASL stuff, but he's also done a lot of other things. Signed, Dan in Vancouver. And we want to thank you for that great idea. Uh, I've seen his name on many things, so this is a shout-out to Nadir. Give us a call. Email us. Send us your email. We'll try and get you on the show. Um, or you could reach out to us on Facebook. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash the two half squads. And uh, we are, though, notorious for sometimes taking a very long time to get back to our interview people we line up. Yeah, we don't do as many interviews. We, next year we could probably do more interviews and try to get caught up on those. Well, remember, like we, every other we just show. Just did the open. We had interviews in every show. I know. So it's been, yeah for months. It's been yeah, it's true. Crazy, but yes, we will. We want to clean out that yeah. file. Uh, I have one from also a known Emis. Uh, <laughs> looking forward to Dennis's album release. He posted this on episode two hundred four. Uh, hoping you'll be distributing it on vinyl, not a CD. Or digitally, because we know the world's not ready for ASL in digital electronic format. Also from Dan. Again, thank you, Dan. Are we really going to do a CD, Jeff? Um, no. Well, I don't know. We might. You never know. You never know. We don't like to be uh, held, you know, to anything that we do anything that we say. Anything can happen. Correct. Got a nice one here from Carlos, who writes. Sugar tanks. So he was uh, throwing his Hats his in the ring. yes. Greetings from Mexico. Would gladly oh. pay the shipping here. Twenty nine years old here. Been playing ASL for about three months now. Your podcast is great, guys. Well, thanks, Carlos. We're glad, uh, very glad to hear from you. And we did put your name in the drawing, and we're going to do the drawing here shortly. Mm-hmm. And we put his name in twice. Did he say yes? Sugar tanks? He said sugar tanks. I have one from Peter. Well, he's from Mexico. That's wonderful. And it's the first time he's reached out to us. Yes, right. we got a lot of new people talking to us from their entries. Yeah. I have one from Peter, uh, Alexander, Virginia, who says, a long-time listener, first-time emailer, and a Patreon subscriber. Thank you very much, Peter. I want to say thanks for mentioning that there are collectors out there, not in a mocking or derisive way. You've done that a few times in the last year. Did we do that? Collector, he means like when we talked about, Jeff, you were talking about ASL, people use it for different things, not just gaming. Some like the history, some yeah. like the gaming, yes. some don't care about the rules, some study the rules, and some right. collect. Right. He says, so. I consider myself a military historian <laughs> and a hobbyist, Yeah. and I think the level of historical detail has gone into every aspect of ASL is amazing. I really enjoy just flipping through Chapter N, or reading the scenarios, and seeing how certain historical elements are treated by the rules. And yes, I do play occasionally, both vassal and in person. But I do appreciate how this game system has persisted. I also like that I pretty much kept the 
form factor on the box is consistent. Oh, that they've kept the form, yeah, the formatting deluxe and some historicals aside. It looks nice when you line them all up on the shelf. And I've avoided the non-MMP titles, reverse bell ring. Oh, yeah, reverse dong. <laughs> so far to avoid running out of storage space and or money. Oh. So thanks for the podcast. And thank you, Pete, for checking in and letting us know you're out there. Yeah, really nice to hear. I have a letter here from Ricardo who writes, Hey, Jeff and Dave, I have finally reached present time listening to your podcast. I started a year ago, and you have helped me immensely on my return to ASL. After an absence of about 20 years, I'm playing this game, you could say, for the first time and enjoying it. In nine months, I've managed to play 20 or so games, planning to start with Desert Theater of Operations next before moving on to PTO. Listening to you two and my commuting has been very helpful and entertaining. Your bantering and jokes both made me laugh, and I must confess, play the push the forward button from time to time. Sorry. Uh, Now, as a proper member of the community of the two Half Squads listener, I thought I could write to you to thank you and at the same time enter your competition. All my modules are from in the early 90s, so renewing my American troops would be a sensible thing to do. Please keep up the good work so we can continue listening to your, to you both for another 200 episodes. Ooh. A final word before saying farewell. Sugar tanks. Oh, yes. Roll low and clink and drink and greetings from Spain, Ricardo. Look at that. We have one from Mexico, from Spain. Yeah. And now, of course, I'm pulling up Alan from Scotland. Ah, Hey, Alan. guys. It just turned into the new episode. Thanks for reading out my email. Hey, hey, you guys do sound like me. Actually, Jeff sounds more like him. Um, but Jackson's tournament in Singapore sounds good, but he won't be able to go. He says, he says, I am going to Grenadier in Germany at the end of the month, though. John McMartin is going with him to meet John Tate. Hopefully, Ollie will be there. I have to say I'm looking forward to it. Have we ever talked about this Grenadier tournament? Uh, not that I recall. No. no, I don't know about that one. I have to say I'm looking forward to it. We fly to Munich before heading off to Herrgarten. I've never been to Munich. I'm looking forward to it. Not actually playing in the tournament, though. Going to pick up games. Just going for pickup games. Ah, Much okay. more fun and less stressful, Yeah. I think. Yeah. And... Uh, he says, have to start saving soon, I guess. Heroes in Blackpool next year is on my to-do list. And 2019 will be an um, expensive year with trips to see friends and ASL tournaments and general life. So, The globetrotting Alan. And it's really nice. We who live in the United States do not enjoy that same luxury of being so close to so many foreign and historical lands. We got Canada. We got Mexico. <laughs> Both very nice. Love them both. But there is something about going to Europe. And we will be taking a tour of Europe at some point, won't we, Dave? We're going to go on the, the two half squads world tour. We're, um, we're trying to yeah, plan on that's it. That's the plan. All right. Back to our letters. I got one here from Mr. Jim Barra. Jeff and Dave, a copy of Yanks is up for grabs. Wow, that's awesome. Rick roll me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a double entry if I send you a proof of purchase of the latest flavor of sugar tanks, which is the Yanks flavor, Sugar Sherman Tanks. Oh, I like that. Oh. Sugar Sherman Tanks taste amazing. They remind me of Apple Jacks and Gravel Nuts. I like this flavor a lot more than the original German flavored sugar tanks with Schürzen. I don't think beer and brats flavored tanks go well with milk. <laughs> I love sugar tanks, but they are hard on my teeth. Come to think of it, my grandfather on my mother's side was a Volga German who lived in the Soviet Union. He had a full set of stainless steel teeth. <laughs> now I wish I would have and now I wish he would have handed them down to me. Take care, Jim Barra. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim. I have one from Michael. Now this is a is a guy looking for some players, so pay attention, everybody. Oh yeah, this is important. Mike Madhouse saying I have recently stumbled upon ASL in the past month or two, been trying to unsuccessfully locate any copies of the ASL starter kits. Or locate players in the south, eastern, Wisconsin, Milwaukee area to meet up with to learn the game. I have, however, been listening to the podcast and ASL Extra episodes to pick up on some overall rules and strategies, which has helped me at least get a sense of the game. So thank you, Jeffrey and Dave. You, uh, seeing as you seem to be based in the greater Chicago area, would you know of any good resources for locating players? So, Jeff. Well, we're shouting it out there, everybody. Yes contact us we'll get you in touch with michael 
um, around Milwaukee. There are players. There's that teacher oh, sure. guy. Yeah. Joe had a group that kind of had some guys from there. Yes. Well, much activity from that anymore. I don't know how yeah. much is there, but I could post something there for him. Okay, we'll try and, to do that. And I suggested that he maybe uh, go on Facebook, but um, also we're putting it out there. So if anybody's in the Milwaukee area. Now, my daughter is in Milwaukee. Does she play? No. But she is in Milwaukee, so Michael, I don't know how old you are or if you have any sons around their <laughs> mid-20s, but my daughter is beautiful and uh, works for the Marriott in downtown Milwaukee as the catering manager, he also but she asked, doesn't play SL. He also asks if we know any from our contacts at MMP. Well, we don't really have any contacts at MMP, um, <laughs> I, per yeah, se. Yeah, that would be generous but to, to put it that way. Looking for starter kids, and they are being yeah. reproduced very soon. That was in their email. So you uh, check yes, their that's right. Yep. Announcements yeah. page. Yeah, checked. I'll go on there right now while you're finishing this. And he says, lastly, I started listening to your very first podcast initially in the past weeks, but today I thought I would jump ahead to the most recent 208. Pleasantly surprised to hear about the new contest for a copy of Inks. Thanks again and keep up the work, guys. So, yeah, good. How's that? He jumps to 208, happens to hear the announcement. Lucky, and lucky. You are, you are also in the contest. And we're not reading everyone's contest entries. We're just reading yeah. letters that were new or more lengthy or had some concepts or requests for listeners or players, etc., etc., etc. And we'd like to say this is brought to you by our Patreon sponsor, also a very generous sponsor, Isaac. Isaac W., thank you so much for your support. Thank you, Isaac. I'm just looking here on the MMP website, and I see that uh, starter kits are available. They're back now. One, two, three are available. Yep. The, uh, the bonus kit is not available. Uh, the expansion pack and uh, decision at L-Star temporarily out of stock, but starter kit one, two, and three are available. You know, we haven't gone back to starter kit, really don't mention starter kits very often anymore. We should I'll have to think of something, some topic to do on oh, starter kits right. in an upcoming show. Right. And you can probably order those from Ritterkrieg. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Ritterkrieg.com. And Isaac also sent a letter saying, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, to uh, long-time-ish listener, to explain the ish, I found your podcast after you, y'all, I'm in Georgia, I can say that posted your second or third episode. So I listened to all those just before life events caused me to box up ASL and hide it away in the closet. Now it's back. The itch has returned. So I decided to see if y'all were still occasionally talking about ASL. Imagine my elation when I saw episode 207 and recently been posted, quickly followed by the realization that I would now need to listen to 200 plus episodes to yeah. catch up. Turns out Podbean Apple only pull up episodes back to 117, but no matter, still plenty to listen to. I'm now caught up to 140. Man, Jeff, these guys are plowed through. They are, really. When they find us there. He's admirable, sad. admirable. He says, I'm sad I missed out on t-shirts in 2014s in Hakapale. I'm sad I now know how to spell Hakapale from all the Googling I've done to find a copy of it. Sugar Tanks? <laughs> Number five, I'm glad I listened to all the episodes about Vassal Games. I'm going to investigate that. Six, I'm glad I heard someone say at some point they were catching up on episodes, but I'm still listening to new ones, and this comment led me directly to 208. And there you go. Another listener who happened to jump to 208 wow. just in time. Just to in time. This. So, yeah, if you're listening in order, I guess you're missing out. Yeah. You'll never be able to be eligible for these things. Number seven, extra spaces, because this is a big one in his letter. A few days ago, I was driving from home from Cub Scouts, like you do, when suddenly out of nowhere, the dulcet tones coming out of my car speakers said three life-changing words. It was you, Jeff, who said this. Santa isn't real. Did I? Luckily, this was followed up by a disclaimer for all the kids. Yes. My three- and six-year-olds appreciate this. Oh. So, of course, that's not true. We all know that. We all know that. Santa, Santa is, is very real. absolutely real. So anyway, he says, sorry for all this text, but until next time, etc., etc. Regards from Fort Benning. Thank you, Isaac. Thanks, Isaac, for that very nice letter. Should we do one or two more, Jeff? Yeah, I've got one here from Scott, who writes, and he says, congratulations to reaching 200-plus episodes. That is quite a milestone. Keep it going. I just heard that Jackson Kwan won the contest for Hot Stove 3, and you have the pleasure of shipping to Hong Kong. That can be expensive, depending on how you ship it. And knowing us, we would ship it the most expensive way. 
Uh, anyway, I'm headed to Hong Kong on business and would not mind at all hand carrying it to him at no cost. I'm sure we can come up with a meeting point in the city sometime during my stay. Take care and keep up the good work. I thought that was really, really nice of Scott to offer that. And how coincidental. And what a great mm-hmm. network of players and listeners and collectors and so forth that we have listening to this show. It's really, it warms the heart. It does indeed. It does indeed. It does indeed. Um, I have one more Anthony Eccles uh, saying thanks for the great shows. Um, he said, if, if you're still doing the drawing, I'd like to be entered in the drawing for West of Alamein, which we're not doing a drawing for that right now. It was for Yanks. He said, I heard British rations in North Africa include sugar tanks. So he's in the contest. Yeah. Although it's not for West of Alamein, it is Yanks, and we're going to draw it like very, very soon. Yes. And you, um, just getting back to my, you, you sent that. Hot Stove 3 to Scott, is that right? Yes. And then he... No, no, no. Uh, um, he, um, Quan had, Jackson had his own... Oh, okay. Uh, USA. Okay, okay, good. Well, hopefully Jackson got that and and is loving it. Great. Well, uh, should that... Yeah. That'll be it for letters for off. today. Yeah. yeah. We've got more letters, really. Thanks, everybody, for writing in. Love to hear from you. Love to hear of your ASL exploits and adventures and... How you're doing with listening to the show, etc. Keep it up. Hey Dave, this was a great idea to get out of the house for a change and come to this cool nightclub. This is really amazing, Jeffrey, except I am blinded by the disco ball. Well, as soon as your eyes get back and adjust to the light, look at those girls over there. Oh, I can see them now. Look at them, Jeffrey. Maybe they would go out with us. Do you think they would? They would never go out with us. What do we have to offer them? Maybe we could offer them some Bounding Fire Productions products. Oh, why, of course, Bounding Fire produces only the best thoroughly play-tested action-packed scenarios Mm -hmm. and campaigns. Mm -hmm. They're committed to customer service. That's right. How could anybody possibly resist something from Bounding Fire Productions? They could not. We could give them our lines, you know, our pickup lines, like, um... Hey, girls, you want to go into the rubble? Oh, that's a good one, Dave. Or how about if I said, hey, ladies... Let's go to the high ground. Oh, that would work every time. We can put the Operation Cobra into work here now to help us achieve our objective, Schmidt, with these lovely ladies. (laughs) That's so good. That's really good, Dave. Good thinking. Maybe they would want to see our crucible of steel. Oh, especially mine. I think so. And by the end of the night, Poland would be in flames. Oh, it's going to be a hot one Tonight, Let's go over there and talk to them. I'm so excited. Them. Uh, come on. Go ahead. Me. You, you, okay, go ahead. Hey, ladies. Uh, do you want to go maybe not just to the beach, but beyond the beachhead? Ow! All right, without further ado, or, you know, there may be a little bit of a do. A little of a do. We're going to do the drawing for Yanks. And I got to tell you, I'm a little nervous. Why, Jeff? Well, it's a big prize. I mean, it's we've it's done we've done a few contests. We're kind of picking up the pace on our contests. Yeah, we um, want to thank Mark Woods for that. Yeah. Now, coming up in the future, we're going to have some more prizes. Yeah, lots. January, got, we're thinking of holding off now. Yeah, I, I would say we we probably won't do any for December, but we'll in January there'll be more contests, and probably next year more contests. Will there be some just for Patreon supporters, maybe? I think we will be doing something special for our Patreon uh, supporters. Yeah, so yes. thank you, Mark Woods, for Yanks. And yeah. Stephen Banks, who sent us a lot of product also. Oh, yes. Back, Jeff. We're yeah. Been, we're looking for a game. So we'll be getting to those, too. Yes. All righty, then. 80, how many? So we had we had 47 people write in uh, for the Yanks contest. Crazy. And of that, 37 people mentioned Sugar Tanks. So their name went in twice. So that's 84 entries, mm-hmm. and we have this rather uh, non-glamorous random number generator that we're using from randomnumbergenerator.com, and we're going to generate a random number. At uh, We'll need a drum roll first, and we're going to generate this number and pick the winner. Very good, Dave. That's Dave drumming, actually. What? <laughs> yeah. God, y'all, what is it? Right? It is. 
Okay, and here we go, the random number generator. We are generating a number. And the number is? 74. 74. All right, so we're going to count. Counting down 70. from 84 will be quicker than counting up from 1. Wow, you're good at this. That is true, and so it is. It is. Hang on, everybody. It is. We agree on who this is, don't we, Dave? Uh huh. We do. This is the same. Would you see it as Michael Sedlako? Ta-da! Ta oh, we need a ta-da. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> that was not us. <laughs> That was not us. So Michael Sedlako. Now, isn't this interesting? Michael is, uh, oh. I'll just read his letter here. Thank you for your sugar tanks. I really love it. It became my favorite sugar tanks. You made my drive to sugar tanks so much more sugar tanks. I particularly appreciate your sugar tanks. And there is one more sugar tanks I wanted to pass on to Jeff. Could you please say something more on the show about when you did the sugar tanks? Thanks. Until next sugar tanks. Michael. And he didn't win because he had all those yeah. <laughs> sugar tanks in there. Nope. It was a random drawing, but yeah. looks like your address is in Austria. Oh, look at that. Malbox Michael Sedlak, PhD, Ooh. yeah, in uh, in Austria. So, all right. well, we're, here we Michael go. Michael <laughs> an email right just now. Okay. We'll see if there's uh, some way that we can get him To help this. pay for shipping. Yeah. I wonder how much shipping is for something heavy I, like that to Austria. We're going to find out. Yeah. It's unfortunately very heavy. A very big congratulations to you, Michael. We thank you for listening. Thank you for entering. And thank everybody for entering. Everybody. What a Super. thrilling response. And so many people. Keep hanging in there. We've got a lot more stuff that we're going to be giving away next year. So, And we'll find more interesting ways to have you enter the contest. And that's it for the Big Yanks. That's it. On we go. Forgotten more is here to see. A new venture for MMP comes after World War II, you see. Korean War in the 50s. So now it's time, Jeff. Yes. To take a look at the rest of the scenarios from the Korean War module. Hot dang. Yep. I can't wait to dig into those. Going to be a thorough look. All by me. All done by you. Okay. I'll and just go I'll sit in the, the corner. Up. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's hear that, Dave. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Thanks in advance. I haven't heard it yet. I may not. I may take my thanks back once I hear it. Here we go. Hey, everybody. We're going to continue looking at these scenarios from the Korean game. And uh, I think we left off at 2.10, so we'll pick up with 2.11. And that is called Tax Force Faith Breakout. And it's Chosin Reservoir, very famous area in North Korea, uh, 1st of December 1950. And uh, it's a 10-turn scenario. It has the Americans m moving first and the Chinese setting up first. And yes, Chinese now here, uh, of course, at Chosin. They all came pouring into the to the war and cutting off the Americans there. So this faithfully replicates the breakout, uh, part of the breakout. Uh, for the Chinese, you have 10 squads, uh, 182 mortar, five foxholes, leaders of commissar setting up. Between S and BB, and then you have uh, another group elements, the third battalion, six squads, some couple of small support weapons, small mortar, a couple foxholes setting up west of R, and then entering um, on turn six along the south edge in a designated area. Uh, six more squads, a couple leaders. And some uh, light uh, machine gun mortar, light mortar. Whereas the Americans here, uh, 1st Battalion, 32nd Infantry Regiment, nine squads entering on turn one along the east edge. And they have with them a 
I don't know really what it is, an M19A1 MGMC. It's got a 40L gun, it has a 12 uh, IFE firepower, and a Jeep. And then entering turn two right behind them, east edge again. But that's board 18 instead of 19. So I haven't looked at the boards, but seven American squads, a couple leaders, a couple dismantled machine guns, because they're on the run. They're trying to break out of here and survive. Uh, headquarters company enter on right after turn one on the east edge. It's a Jeep. And one of those 128 squads, which I've forgotten what they are right now, and then the two leaders. Uh, looks like there's a radio depicted on that. Certainly it's marine for that unit. Uh, and then the convoy enters. So between turns three and five, all units enter on the same turn. And that's 15 trucks, two Jeeps, and a half track, and a bunch of half squads. So not a lot of people in the trucks there. And the Americans went immediately upon exiting greater than or equal to nine trucks off the west edge of board 18. Okay, um, so that's the forces. And the special rules really give it the flavor of it being a Korean War scenario, um, and especially the Chosen. The, the ground snow in its extreme winter. I just watched a PBS last year, PBS special on the Korea. Um, it was great. I forget how many hours long it was, but... Um, it's one of the most recent documentaries. And Extreme Winter, uh, only one road exists is, that's plowed, actually. And then there's a two-lane stone bridge that connects the two ro the road hexes in X5 and XZ5. Streams are dry. Any buildings found are huts. And then there's some overlays. A, a stream, which would be dry... Um, a hill, and then it gives additional hit initial placement in addition to that normally granted by Rule W7.96 for the Communist Chinese. And then both sides suffer ammo shortage, and the American vehicles, the two uh, MGMCs, begin play with low ammo. And uh, one of the leaders starts wounded, probably historically. I didn't read the background on that, but... The American receive a module of 100mm OBA, consisting only of one high-explosive concentration fire mission directed by an off-board observer, and no battery access draws required, which makes sense. Exception, any extra draw required for C1.21, would that be the not having a dude in, in line of sight or, you know, that rule? And then the Americans get this air support, which, again, all these special rules really... I can just see it, you know, from the uh, documentary, too, that it matches so well with the planes coming in with napalm. Turn one, you get two fighter bombers with napalm, and then turn five, you get another one comes in with a fighter bomber with napalm. Each aircraft is limited to a maximum of four game turns on board. And then the uh, just... Other rules talk about using any truck counters to represent blah, blah, blah. And about the convoy staying together, there's a little variation on that. But, um, yeah, that captures that that feeling of Chosin and trying to escape there. So that looks like a, one I'm going to definitely want to play. It is a bit, a bit big, of course, you know. It's uh, ten turns also. That looks interesting. And when you're done playing that monster scenario, try 212 for a break. ASL scenario 212, first bayonet charge. This is by Laurent Closier, Closier and that is uh, on board two, um, less than a full board. Lay down some open ground uh, overlays, just two of them. And you have the uh, first action of the Battalion Francois de l'Organisation des Nations Unies, or the French Battalion of the United Nations. So the United Nations forces coming in, and they need to take three level, no, all of the level three hexes, 
and up on the hill are the North Koreans. So um, this is around Wanju, which I don't know where that is actually. Um, and uh, again, I need to do a lot of reading. I'm looking forward to becoming a better student of the Korean War. And the elements of the second division, um, North Koreans are eight squads up there on the hill hexes. With 182-millimeter mortar, the big one, the kind we love. And then three squads enter turn five to, to give some reinforcements near the end game because it's only a seven-game turn, a seven-turn game. Um, and then the French group has 12 squads, some elites, mostly first line, though. So morale should be fine. And three leaders, a couple mediums, and one small mortar. Uh, in true uh, tradition for January 1951, it is snow, falling snow. It's scenario start, overcast, extreme winter, ground snow in effect. Of course, the Korean rules are in effect. All the buildings become crag, and um, they the French, the O-U-N-C, are French and may conduct a bayonet Oh, may conduct bayonet charges. Okay, it's again called first bayonet charge. So that looks like a tight little one too. It looks again very very interesting with the bayonet charge and all in there. And then scenario two thirteen two hundred and thirteen. It's so easy. Takes place west of Chipyongni in South Korea, February nineteen fifty one. You have um, the Chinese forces against the American Rangers. And the background was that the Rangers were going to send out two different platoons, I think, and then try to scare some Chinese to go running away, and they would run into the other Americans and be captured and get some captured people for interrogation purposes. And uh, it didn't work out so well historically, um, in fact, the, the the aftermath said the only prisoners captured were the, some of the rangers, and they left some of their dead behind. But it's a six and a half turn. It's half aboard eighty three, and the victory conditions are those kind that Jeff loves so well. Um, it is provided that the communist Chinese amass less than equal to six combat victory points. Then the Americans win at game end by amassing greater than or equal to nine victory victory points. And victory points are then earned as follows. One for each communist Chinese multi-man counter that loses hidden or concealed status for the first time. So it's one maximum per MMC. Record their IDs down. And so you don't forget who lost it when in case they regain it later. And victory points for prisoners exited off the east edge. So, that now that, again, sounds complicated, but think about it. That's a whole new kind of game when you're getting a victory point for each communist Chinese multi-man counter that loses hidden or concealed status for the first time. Isn't it? When have you ever seen that before? I, I have not. And... Uh, so that looks fascinating. Uh, it is a night rules game, so be aware of that. Um, night visibility range is one, and the Americans are the scenario attacker, of course, and both sides are stealthy. The communist Chinese must set up at least one multi-man counter on or between hex row C and H. Hidden dummy units may set up west of hex row C. Maximum of one medium man, um, I'm sorry, multi-man counter. And may set up per hex. So they're all spread out, of course. And the single-man counter support weapon with them, of course. And all single-man counter and support weapons must set up on or west of I. And I haven't looked at the board, so I don't know what all that means. But um, the Rangers... Broken morale level is one less than printed. And American units exited off the east edge on or after turn six do not count for the combat victory points that the Chinese need to gain. So that's interesting. Again, it is, of course, uh, ground, snow, and overcast. 
falling snow can occur instead of the rain with the overcast rule. So, uh, again, it looks a little quite different. Gonna have to take a look at it. That's 213. Scenario 214 is called Soul Saving in Seoul, Korea, taking place east of Chuksong, South Korea, April 1951. Maybe we'll get a break from that extreme winter, I wonder. Um, this one is uh, only seven turns, but it's a big one. It's boards 81 and 33, which has overlays 33, so a couple open grounds on there, and then an RV. One is that a river overlay? I have forgotten. I have not dug into all my stuff yet from uh, the Korean game to cut out overlays or file away counters yet. And you're looking at the British fighting against the Chai Coms, as we like to call them. And you have an action with a huge. Chinese assault at night crossing the Imjin River, it seems, which was fordable at that time of year. Uh, so we're going to treat that river shallow by special rule. Uh, the victory conditions, the Chinese want to win a game in by exiting greater than or equal to 55 victory points. Off the south edge, beginning on British player turn 6, British may exit off the south edge without being considered eliminated. So each such unit exited reduces the communist Chinese exit victory point total by an amount equal to the British that exit. Similar to, is that right, fighting withdraw, that very early scenario from Beyond Valor? I think, similar at least, with the exiting conditions. It's, it's tough to figure out when you should go or you should stay to stop them. But, um, so the British Gloucestershire, did I say that right, regiment, uh, setting up on hill hexes, spread out one multi-man counter per hex, not adjacent to another one, greater than or equal to three squad equivalents, two support weapons and one single-man counter, must set up west of hex row L and some more east of X, so it kind of sets up some spreading out rules. And there's nine British in that group with five half squads, four liters, machine guns, two light mortars, a radio, only three wire counters, ten foxhole counters, and they do get the, um, oh, there's 20 of these night symbol fla night flares, right? Is that what they call them? The flares? You know, tripwire thingies for uh, at night. Uh, and then there's a patrol section setting up hip with freedom of movement because it's night south of the river in any single hex um, but not adjacent to the river. And I, I don't know what he's doing out there, but we'll figure it out, I hope. Then you have the uh, Chinese coming in, group one, two, and three, similar groups. First line, six, two, sevens, eight of them in each group, and three, five, two, sevens, and four lights in each group. So that's a lot. A leadership pool, okay? Six leaders, it looks like. One's a commissar. They can be set up. Two must be with each group, and then the rest can be probably shoved around to the other any group you want. And a heavy weapons and assault pool, platoon pool. Two multi-man counters and greater than equal to two support weapons must be in each group. So then you have this section with two six two sevens, six crews for four medium machine guns and two small mortars and two DC. And then you split those out. You know, once you've met your criteria, then the rest can go to any group. And this is scenario 214, soul saving. The special rules are, and it's dry out, there's no grain, roads or paths, 
the river, and again, the Korean rules are in effect. Um, the river is at level zero. We said it was fordable, and so it's treated as shallow stream. And no kindling. And then you got your night rules, except it takes away the strain rules, the jitter fire, and the cloaking rules. So, although it's a large scenario, I'd say you want to get introduced to night rules, it cuts three of them out of there. Two are kind of minor. One is fairly large, the cloaking part. Um, the base night range is four. Visibility range and the communist Chinese, of course, with the attacker and so on. The communist Chinese may sound bugles. We talked about that special rule earlier in the show, many shows ago, I guess, by now. British may bore sight. Only the British leaders can fire star shells to first light up the evening. And they get a module of 80 millimeter battalion mortar, that's OBA with one pre-registered hex. FFE firepower is halved. Hmm, I don't know why. Maybe it's in the description. Like the, uh, you know, maybe the aftermath description. Um, after the British set up, then the Chinese, remember they had those three main groups that were all identical? They each pick an operational zone restricted to three areas, A to K or L to V, etc. And um, that's, that's, that's basically that scenario. Again, quite different than all the others we just looked at. And that scenario was by Andrew Hershey, whereas Red Devils, number 215, is by Ken Katz, uh, south of... Shikjong-ni, South Korea, April 51. And this is one of those um, attacks to like uh, silence that gun. Remember that one? On a bigger scale with uh, the Chinese moving first, the Americans setting up with a battery group, a uh, C battery. Specifies the hexes you're going to put these vehicles in. Again, I don't know these vehicles, but it's an M41... HMC 150 millimeter cannon on a on a fully tracked chassis, and you got six of those. So those are the guns. Now let's look at the victory conditions. The Chinese win upon amassing greater than or equal to ten points victory points. They get eight victory points if a good order communist Chinese multi-man counter occupies hex 44M6. So, apparently the Americans want to defend that hex. They get four victory points per vehicle eliminated or whose crew is eliminated. Maximum of four victory points per vehicle in that category. So it's either the vehicle or the crew. And then two victory points per non-eliminated vehicle. I'm just calling them the vehicles. I mean the big gun vehicles, the M41s that became limbered, recalled, or abandoned, and one victory point per each of those big vehicles, the M41s, that fires per player turn. What? The Chinese get a victory point for each one of those large guns that fires per player turn. So apparently, do I have this right? The Americans are not supposed to shoot those weapons at the incoming group. There's a perimeter force with a couple half-tracks, foxholes, machine guns, three... I'm sorry, four, four machine guns and four half squads <clears throat> manning the perimeter. A headquarters battery set up, which includes six, 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 first line American squads, a crew, a couple leaders, light machine gun, a couple half tracks, a truck, and a Jeep. Makes sense, right? And that's all you got. You got a seven turn game. 
then you got the infiltrators of the Chinese. It's four squads and a leader. They set up not adjacent to Americans, so apparently they're going to set up closer in to the guns. Four squads, and then you got the rest of the Chinese, which is 16 squads, six of those four, one, seven squads, special to Korea, a couple half squads, good leadership, dismantled heavies, one heavy, one medium, three lights, entering on turn one. So that's a substantial group coming on there. So let's take a look at the special rules. It is not night. Uh, you throw out some overlays, uh, some brush and some open ground. Uh, only one of the roads exists. Offboard terrain exists normally along the north edge. There's an, a plus one LV hindrance on the first turn. Probably pre-dawn, right? All the M41 M41 big gun vehicles must start limbered. One of their crews that voluntarily abandons this vehicle is replaced by a 546 squad. And only an original M41 126 vehicle crew may become the inherent crew of an abandoned vehicle. And then the Headquarters battery personnel may not set up in the same hex as a vehicle. The AFV of the headquarters battery set up abandoned, so without passengers. Uh, yeah, they're all, you know, at rest. They're not in the vehicle, ready to run or to fight. Um, unarmored vehicles may not expend any movement points until game turn three. Again, they're at rest. They're not in these vehicles, ready to go. And during game turn one, the American units, the per, except for the perimeter force, may not perform any voluntary action. So they're caught off guard, except the perimeter group. That was those machine guns going to open up. And American rule four, an American vehicle may not move into a hex that decreases its range to a known communist Chinese infantry unit unless the hex entered also decreases its range to greater than or equal to one known American infantry unit. What I think it's saying is, they're saying as the perimeter you're defending gets reduced, it's going to stay reduced. You're not allowed to move out beyond toward any Chinese unless there's an already an American out there that you're moving toward. So, And then Rule 5, multi-man counter of the infiltrator group are recon units. Rule W7.5, and I don't know what that, that means. I've forgotten, but... Again, quite a variety in these first scenarios we've looked at with some uh, victory conditions that are a little complicated, but at this point in my ASL career, I'm ready for that kind of thing. It just brings a, a lot more variety and depth to these scenarios. Scenario 217 is Gloucester Hill, and this takes place 25th of April, 1951. It is the, well, you use British counters... Uh, yeah, it's the Gloucester Regiment, and they're um, referred to in the action report as UN. Um, or am I reading that wrong? No, UN forces are trying to get to relieve them. They are, anyway, they are, um, the Chinese will win at game end. At game end, if uh, they have controlling hex E4 and have more good order squad equivalents at level 5 than the British do. And the British have to exit less than or equal to 6 exit victory points for the Chinese to win. So they're trying to exit the guys because they're doing this withdrawal off this hill. Is the historical setting there. Um, got about 16 Chinese squads and 8 squad equivalents or so for... The British. British got a lot of foxholes and wire up there too. And that scenario has a fancy rule that says uh, there's a bugler, and everyone within four hexes of the bugler is treated as fanatic. Uh, the Chinese also get the bugle rule for themselves. And here's a cool one Siberia Diversion, scenario 218. And this one is there's a diversionary attack up a hill. 
and uh, the Chinese were up there, nine of them it looks like, no, only three to start in trenches and foxholes, and then six entering on turn five and seven on turn four. Those might be like the counterattacks coming. There's night rules. The Americans, uh, Marines are coming up with eight squads and four M46 tanks with the 90L guns. And the fun part, they have uh, spotlights going to light up the night and four flame tanks coming on. These POA CWS-H5s with a flamethrower and a 105, it looks like, gun on the turret also. I haven't read the rules about those yet. Um, and then they are going to push up this hill to win. The Americans win by controlling all level 2 hexes on board 61. Exception, blazing terrain. So it'll be interesting to see what's happening there with the night rules and everything. And, and probably these fires going from the... Um, Flame tanks, but the M46s looks like they are equipped with turret-mounted searchlights, so they're coming on with those vehicles, and yeah, it looks like very interesting. And um, in the aftermath, the the whole units just come down off the mountain because it's a diversionary attack, but they're very successful in getting up there initially, and so that looks like an awful lot of fun too. And that concludes the scenarios of um, a Korean module. Very excellent, Dave. Thank you for all that fine work on the, your analysis of those scenarios. Yeah, some unique stuff there. You yeah, know, and a new a new era or era a new war to to play out in an advanced squad leader. Yeah. So looking forward to getting into that, and I'm looking forward to doing our next episode, and looking forward to talking more about ASL, and looking for well, I'm just looking forward. Yes. Looking forward to seeing you. Will I, will I see you next show? Yes, you will. Okay. In the meantime, say farewell. Farewell. Clink and drink. Roll low. But run rally well. But, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. us. That's right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs>